As we continue through Lent, this last Sunday before Easter, if we're familiar with the story of Jesus' betrayal and his death and his resurrection, we know that a lot happens this week. We know that today we celebrate with hosannas and palm branches and a declaration of Christ's victory. And yet, soon the disciples will be scattered. Peter will deny Jesus. People will be in fear and confusion. But today, we still celebrate Palm Sunday. Even knowing that there will be confusing and hard times ahead, we still rejoice and say, Hosanna. So I invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. In John's Gospel, um, the account of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem comes to us in chapter 12. We'll be looking at verses 12 through 19 specifically. And before we read, I invite you just to uh, wonder, to imagine what that scene looked like. Try to place yourself there, either um, right in the middle of the crowd, if you like that kind of thing, if you're the concert goer that's right in the front. Imagine yourself in the crowd. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? Is it hot outside? Are your feet dusty? Are you jumping? Are you just walking along? Or maybe if you're a, a little bit less uh, crowd crazy, imagine what you would see if you were along the side of the road watching this happen. Watching people waving palm branches and shouting Hosanna and to see this man who maybe you've heard of him, but maybe you've never seen him before, riding on a donkey. Put yourself there to the best of your ability, to every ounce of God-given imagination that you have. See this scene. Hear it. Feel it. Put yourself there. And before we do so, before the reading of God's word, before the placing of our own hearts and minds, Within this passage, let's pray for God's blessing upon the word. God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. By the power of your Holy Spirit, we read these texts and know that it's more than ink on pages or pixels on screens, but the testimony of your Son, Jesus Christ, making his way into Jerusalem. Stir our hearts and minds that we may hear this story, that we may be there. Whether we are hearing this with much familiarity and past sermons preached, or whether this story has been reasonably new to us, all the same, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, make your word fresh to us this morning. Speak anew to us. By the power of your Holy Spirit, in the love of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the grace of God the Father. Amen. John 12, 12 through 19. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, 
seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done for him. Now the crowd that was with him, when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hosanna! Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Hosanna! Just so we get that word familiar in our minds and on the tip of our tongues, when I say Hosanna, I invite you to just say it back to me with some amount of proclamation and gusto. Hosanna! 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 What does that word mean? What does it mean to shout Hosanna as you wave palm branches? for a triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Hosanna simply means, in a literal form, save us, please. And actually, the please is the last syllable. Save us, please. Hosanna, therefore, is a prayer. Save us, please. It is a proclamation that it has been done. Save us. It is a longing of the human heart. It is a word shouted with joy and triumphalism on Palm Sunday. It's a word filled with messianic expectation, the expectation for a Messiah, for the Christ. Hosanna, Hosanna. Save us, please. This word is shouted as palm branches are waved as Jesus rides into Jerusalem. Palm branches being an emblem of victory and triumph. Hence, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This crowd was not stoic or reserved or quiet or even small. The crowd was loud enough that it got the Pharisees' attention. It was large enough that it got their jealousy And here come these people waving palm branches and shouting that word, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, please. I wonder how that prayer and proclamation changed throughout Holy Week. Today, it's said with confidence, with gusto, with all of the confidence that being part of a large group brings. To say that word would be one of triumph. No fear, only celebration. But I wonder how that same sentiment changed over time. I wonder if the disciples were also saying, save us please, when they were scattered after Jesus was crucified. Perhaps on Saturday, wonder what it would be like to say Hosanna on Holy Saturday, 
When Jesus' disciples were in hiding, they were afraid, they were confused. I wonder what it was like when Jesus was first betrayed and arrested. When Peter took matters into his own hands and grabbed a sword and severed the ear from the man's head only for Jesus to say, Stop! Those who live by the sword die by the sword. And he took the man's ear and placed it back upon his head. I wonder if what was going through Peter's soul then was a certain version of Hosanna that might makes right that I can save my Lord from this betrayal. I can save him from being arrested. And so Peter's actions are a certain type of Hosanna prayer. I wonder as the women who stood by Jesus as they watched him carry his cross through the city, as they watched him be put on the cross, on the hill called Golgotha. I wonder if they had a Hosanna prayer as well. One of, save us, God, save him. Save us from watching this. I wonder if the Pharisees, in fact, I'm actually pretty sure the Pharisees had a Hosanna prayer as well. For the last verse, very intentionally today, is verse 19, where the Pharisees say to one another, see this, All the different tricks and schemes we've tried so far, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. I wonder if their Hosanna was a prayer to the God of status. Save us from being eclipsed by Jesus' popularity. There are triumphant Hosannas, but then those also might be met with afraid, uncertain, Doubting hosannas. Hosannas that are desperate prayers. What hosannas do we sing? It's great to be with the crowd and to be celebrating hosanna, to be triumphantly entering into Jerusalem. But what would it be like if everything that you thought you knew, everything you expected to happen, was turned on its head and you're scattered I think that's what was going through Peter's mind when he betrayed, when he denied knowing Jesus. A sort of save me God from from potentially being also arrested and made to suffer. No, I do not know the man, he said, with a fear of save me from personal injury. Save me from getting taken away as well. And then I wonder when the rooster crowed if Peter's prayer changed to a different Hosanna. Save me, God. Forgive me from my sin of denying you. See, this longing of the human heart for save us can be said in triumph. It also can be a desperate prayer. When circumstances seem all set against us, Hosanna, they cry. The disciples certainly made sense of all of this later. And I think there should be comfort in that for us too. In our moments of desperation, when we're not sure how this all makes sense, when we don't know how this is going to work out, but we know we, sh- we certainly don't like it, and we say, save us, God. Give us some kind of deliverance from this situation, whatever the situation may be. But then also, we, like the disciples, can look back later, as verse 16 points out, at first they didn't understand all of this. It was only after Jesus was glorified did they realize 
that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Lent is a period of 40 days and six Sundays that hopefully we've been using to prepare our hearts. Maybe to take stock of the situations that we're praying for deliverance from. That we're saying, Hosanna, save us, God. Maybe it's also just as much a time to look back on our life story and to hold on to the different points in our story when we didn't make sense of it right in the moment, when it was confusing and it was unfair and it was hard. And we looked back and saw the ways in which God was at work. That we could testify to the people who came alongside of us and walked alongside of us in our darkest hours when we were saying, Hosanna, with some amount of desperation and uncertainty. For one of the greatest ways to face the uncertainty of the future is to be able to look back upon God's faithfulness through our lives, through our family for generations, going all the way back to Scripture, all the way back to the other Hosanna moments. Like when Isaiah, the prophet, was brought into a vision of God's throne room and he cried out, Woe to me, for I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips. Isaiah, in that moment of encountering God's holiness, is all of a sudden painfully aware of his sin and of the sin of the nation that he's a part of. And it is a Hosanna-type prayer. God, save us, please. And God brings deliverance. God shows the people a way forward. Even though we, just like Jesus' first 12 disciples, don't always see it in the moment. What do we face today? How does Palm Sunday, the day of triumph, the day of a celebratory Hosanna, remind us and teach us of God's faithfulness so that we can get through the Curious, afraid, and anxious hosannas as well. The disciples would put it together later that this passage that we have in John 12 was fulfilled. This passage from Zechariah. Zechariah actually isn't that hard to find because if you find the New Testament, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you just go back two books and you can make those last five into kind of a rhyme because it's H-Z-H-Z-M. Haggai, Zephaniah, or Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, uh, just to make it fit. <laughs> but from Zechariah 9 9, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. Do not be afraid. That phrase is repeated again and again. Jesus says it several times to his disciples. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Hosanna is a triumph and a prayer. Save us, please. And Jesus, Jesus' very name, Yeshua, means Yahweh saves. So we shout, Hosanna, save us, please. And God sends us Jesus whose name literally answers that call. Yahweh saves. Your Lord and God saves. As we consider what our prayers are, one of the hardest things to do is to accept 
that our salvation has to come through Christ. Now, we maybe know that in an, in an obvious, higher way, just as the children sang John 3.16, which should be one of the most well-known verses for us. And as we reminded ourselves a few weeks ago that we need John 16 and 17, that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. But that all the same, God so loved the world that he sent his son so that they should be saved through him, that no one should perish. We know that on a certain level of salvation coming through Christ, but also that our various Hosanna prayers are not based upon our will and desire and that we might not have our best interests in mind. Jesus prays a Hosanna, save us, deliver us kind of prayer in the garden when he says, if at all possible, deliver me from this cup of suffering, yet not my will but yours. And so it is when Jesus taught his disciples, taught all of us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. It was, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Not deliver us from every hardship or heartbreak. Not to deliver us from the difficult times of life that make us grow. Not even to deliver us from moments of confusion when we're not sure what to do next. But in those moments, to deliver us from evil to turn to Jesus, that our prayers of Hosanna, God save us, may be met in him, in Christ alone. We have different Hosanna prayers that we pray. Just like the Pharisees prayed, I would say, to the idolatrous God of status, save us from being eclipsed by Jesus and renew our popularity have we ever prayed a jealous Hosanna prayer? Perhaps we pray, God of beer and wine, save us from the stress of our weak, anesthetize our pain. Perhaps some of you in this last few weeks have prayed to the God of sports, God, save my March Madness bracket from loss. We know the U of M fans are a lot happier than the Michigan State fans right now. But also, I would note that uh, Michigan versus Loyola, that means you're going to be praying against Sister Jean of Loyola. It's a very daring prayer, I would say. And yet, maybe sometimes we do pray, not to the god of sports, but to the Greek goddess of victory, Nike. Not just a shoe, but also a Greek goddess of victory, Nike, we pray that we can win. Not just in sports and brackets, but in life. But when we pray our hosannas, do we also have accompanied with it Jesus' same balancing prayer? Not my will, but yours, O God. What are the different places that we look to be saved from? The different temptations of, of, of comfort and assurance that we look to instead? that our Hosanna prayers might be offered. And I would say to offer those Hosanna prayers is human. But to be a follower of Jesus means we always do the reframing work and Lent is such a time, Holy Week especially, is such a time to make sure that our reframing is set, that our Hosannas, our prayers to be saved, are offered to Jesus with trust and assurance. Trust and assurance for the unknown times ahead. 
to look back, to know that we can look forward. Hold on to that idea because we're going to close with words from a song. But the Pharisees, we know, are getting ready to make their move. This Friday night at 6.30, we'll gather here and we'll see that the Pharisees' prayer was answered. See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. That they'll go after Jesus one more time and that they'll win. Or so they think. Make sure our hosannas are directed to the right place that the trust of God's salvation is anchored in Christ and in Christ alone. And that we don't have to do this alone, but just as we celebrate communion together as, as a church, that we walk our life of faith, our Hosanna prayers of God save us, deliver us, that we walk not alone in those moments just as we do not celebrate alone in baptism, in communion, in birthdays and, and other anniversaries of meaningful service. None of this is done alone. So I say once more and invite you to say with me, Hosanna! Hosanna! Please save us, O God, and save us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Because he lives... I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Hosanna to you, O Christ. Deliver us from evil. Save us in the times of trial. Be with us. Be with us and show us the way and remind us that you answer our prayers to be saved through your Son, Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection. Amen.